To make sure millions of people are getting paid on time and in compliance, ADP is staying on top of each new piece of legislation. So when it comes down to it, ADP isn't just a payroll and HR company. We're the company that helps you navigate complexity. Learn more at ADP.com. We're grateful to have our friends at Sleep Number sponsoring the Thrive Global podcast. Discover the Sleep Number bed that adjusts on each side. It's perfect both for you and your partner. With their Sleep IQ technology at your fingertips, you'll know just what to adjust to get your best sleep. Does your bed do that? Check them out at sleepnumber.com slash thrive. Hi, and welcome to the debut of the Thrive Global podcast on iHeartRadio. Each episode, we'll be talking about creativity, productivity, inspiration, well-being, and how to cope with stress, burnout, and technology. And we'll be featuring new role models of success who will show you how to be successful without burning out. We'll talk about their morning routines, their evening routines, how they disconnect, how they recharge, how they create downtime, and what they do with it, and what their secret life hacks are. We hope you'll be informed, entertained, and most of all inspired to use the science-based strategies and tools we'll talk about to bring more well-being, more health, and happiness into your life, along with the increased productivity that comes with it. And I couldn't be more excited about our first guest. She's not just one of the biggest stars on the planet, but one of the most genuine and authentic people I know, and she's Greek. What more can I say? And she's known as much for her healthy lifestyle and the way she takes care of herself as for all her incredible work in films, TV, and everywhere. I'm so happy to welcome Jennifer Aniston to the show. Thank you. Thank you for I'm being blushing here. through the microphone. <laughs> oh, we, can, we can hear it. <laughs> you can always hear blushing. You're so sweet. So let's talk about your relationship with your phone. Uh, First of all, do you sleep with it? You know, I do sleep with it. I mean, not in the bed with me, but, you know, it's next to the bed. I went through a really good phase of keeping it five feet away or at least in the other room for a while. But then my alarm was there. There's always some reason where it kind of creeps its way back to the bedside, the sleeping apps, you know, the apps that help you go to sleep or the meditation or the music. So it's kind of confusing because the truth is we really shouldn't be sleeping near them. They shouldn't be the first things we're waking up and looking at in the morning. But and it's a tough do you one. sometimes wake up in the middle of the night for whatever reason? And if you can't go right back to sleep, go to your phone. Sure. Yep. I do. So that's really the main problem. The main mm. reason scientists say we shouldn't be sleeping with it is that we don't want to interrupt our time for recharging by getting back into our lives right. in the middle of the night. Does Justin sleep with his phone? Yeah. So you both do? Yeah. That's actually how he will go to sleep is he puts on some sort of a meditation or calming sleep meditation. And I mean, we both do. So have you heard of an iPod? <laughs> well, yes, I have. Oh my gosh, that's so 1995. <laughs> I know, but that's what I do. I have an iPod. Yes. And on my iPod is everything that can help me go to sleep. Meditations, music, anything. 
And then I have a, an old-fashioned alarm clock. Right. Because these are, these are the two main excuses, yes. right? alarm clock I and need, your sleep apps. Exactly. So mm-hmm. move all those on an iPod mm-hmm. and get one for Justin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then our excuses are taken away. It's wonderful. I will. So let's try it, right? Taken. And maybe, yeah. you know, people listening, they can try too. Because if I think back before devices, I'm trying to think which came first, my bad sleeping habits or a device. I honestly think I used to sleep beautifully. Yes. And I don't think I attributed to the fact that these phones came into our lives that have actually started to disrupt our sleep. Well, that's in fact the reason. And we have more and more science about it. Mm -hmm. And what happens is most people, when they go to their phones in the middle of the night, they suddenly can go down the rabbit warren mm-hmm. of social media and let me check Instagram. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> let me check uh, WeChat or whatever app they're on. Yeah. And I then, don't have those things. Thank but, God. Exactly. Yeah. You're ahead of the game. Or behind. No, definitely <laughs> ahead. There's some new study that was done that depending on how many hours you spend on social media, mm-hmm. your level of happiness or depression is dramatically affected. Well, we were just talking about the other day on 60 Minutes, I think it was last week. Yes. I mean, these are designed... To hijack our minds. Literally hijack our minds and create this addiction to the screen. I mean... We started with televisions, right? When we were kids, it was the first screen that we had. And then there was the computer screen and then video games and then the phones, the flip phone where you could sort of text and then this iPhone or smartphones or whatever. And so now you have a computer, a television and a phone. There's no room. We were jokingly saying that if Friends was created today, you would have a coffee shop full of people that were just staring into iPhones. There would be no sexual episodes or conversations. And that is so true. It's not a joke. No, it's really not. It's affecting particularly teenagers Mm. because you and I are kind of digital immigrants. Yeah, But the teenagers who've never known anything else Mm -hmm. have a harder and harder time. It's always so strange when the 10-year-old will explain to you how to work something on a computer or your phone and you have absolutely no idea how they figured it out. Or even my friend's seven-year-old can figure out how to create all sorts of magic on her phone that I'm just baffled by. I mean, computers, right? That's what they're taught on. And the problem with the phone is that it's always with us. Yeah. I mean, do you ever go for a digital detox? Yes, I actually have. I mean, I went on that yoga retreat I was talking to you about last fall, and I just kept the phone plugged in in the cabin where I was. I checked it at night if there was anything important. It felt so liberating to not be tied to it. And how did it feel? Like, how did you feel differently? Well, I loved being able to connect with the people that I was with. It was actually surprising how comfortable it was. I didn't have a period of anxiousness of where is it? What am I missing? I made the decision to put it away and be there. On a vacation, I'm I'm pretty good about putting the phone away and not bothering myself with it. Even if you just leave it in your room, you yeah, don't have you to lock it in. Just leave it charging in, in the room. Because if I'm on vacation, I've made the mental decision and commitment to myself to go and vacate. Yeah. So <laughs> And just take a break from it all. Do I you, keep saying I want to get that, you know, when I email every agent or manager or whoever, you get that auto reply of I'm out of the country. I, I won't be returning emails or calls for a week. I just want to have that on my phone all the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> just to, and I don't know then, how to, and I don't know how to make it create but, the auto response. But then, have you noticed how often you get that auto reply, and then five minutes later you get Always. an email from that person? I don't understand that. So does that mean they are actually getting the emails? Yes. Who doesn't get the response? <laughs> exactly, and it's and it's not just Jennifer Aniston who gets a response. Mm-hmm. Most people get a response because we are addicted. Once we yes. see it. We are kind of addicted to respond. Right, right. So we created another tool, which is called Thrive Away. Mm. So um, if you're on vacation, instead mm-hmm. of that useless out of office, mm-hmm. um, if I emailed you, I would get an email that says, Jennifer is on vacation. If this is urgent, contact so-and-so. If it is not, email her again after yes. May, whatever, whenever she returns. Yep. This email will be deleted. Oh. So you never actually see it. I never see it. Yes. The person who emails you... Will see it. No, knows that you'll be back sometime in May, so they can contact you then, or they can contact your chief of staff or right. your manager or somebody, but you don't see the email. I never see the email. So it's sort of like someone interrupts, comes exactly. and intercepts the email, so your brain doesn't even know that something is Exactly. Waiting for me in the wings. Because the minute your brain sees it, yeah, it's activated. Right. And um, it's propelled to respond. Right. So there are a lot of little tricks. Mm. And one of the things we want to do in this podcast is give people some of these tools mm. to help them navigate this relationship, which otherwise can overwhelm our lives. Right especially because of FOMO. You know, you don't have much FOMO. You don't have much fear of missing out. I had no idea what you were just saying until you (laughs) said fear of missing out. FOMO? I was like, is that some sort of like a a slang? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I don't feel I'm missing out, but I do sometimes feel that I'm not keeping up or that things are happening at a speed at which I'm not, and I'm going to be left behind in like the dark ages. My husband's on Instagram and people that I know are on Instagram. And I have anxieties watching them <laughs> have to navigate through Instagram. But there's that curiosity that I have of what is that? And what's so funny or what's so interesting or what cute pet video is that? So every once in a while, I will Google someone's Instagram just to see something that caught someone's eye here or there. It's kind of, I guess, a little bit of out of sight, out of mind. If you don't have it, then you don't think about it. But then you feel and find yourself the only one who doesn't have it and There's no one to talk to because everyone's head is stuck into a phone. I think that's, first of all, it sounds like we all have a little bit of FOMO, which is the new word that I taught Jennifer Aniston. I'm very proud of myself. We just see, we don't even have time to say the whole sentence anymore. (laughs) FOMO. Uh, But you see, you're kind of ahead of the game because on that 60 minutes piece, what Tristan Harris was saying, Tristan Heiss, that's his name? Tristan Harris, yes. Harris, Tristan who was a, a Google ethicist. Uh-huh. And he studied the science of how our minds and our attention are hijacked. Mm-hmm. And what he was saying is that if you don't have the app actually on your phone, but as you said, you Google Instagram, mm-hmm. then it reduces the amount of time you're addicted to spend on it. Mm-hmm. Right. Another piece of advice he gave, which I'm following, is to end all notifications. Like, I don't get notifications from CNN, the Huffington Post, mm-hmm. you know, TMZ, New whatever, York Times New York or, Times, yes. nothing. I feel that 
If third world war breaks, somehow I'll find out. I would love to know that. <laughs> that, would be, <laughs> that would be probably the only thing we need to know. But otherwise, you are going to go and check out the news when you are ready, rather than being constantly interrupted. Right. I mean, I'd miss waking up, going out and getting the paper and reading the paper, and that was your news for the day. Right. We have it 24-7. We are insatiable. Or are we? Are they just constantly throwing at us and we have no choice to turn it off, turn it off, turn it off, shut your screens? But we have the choice once we become aware. Mm -hmm. Yes. So identifying the problem is the first yes. step. <laughs> <laughs> This is a good And uh, identifying that we are powerless over technology, we need to have a kind of tech anonymous. Yes, exactly. Okay, we're now going to take a quick break to share a sleep tip brought to you by our sponsor, Sleep Number, because a good sleep routine is the foundation for thriving. Today's sleep tip is to keep a journal on your nightstand and before bed, write down a list of what you're grateful for. Jotting down a few things you're grateful for is a great way to shift the spotlight onto the good things in our lives, big and small, rather than on the running list of unresolved problems that seem to take center stage once our head hits the pillow. And recent studies show that this type of gratitude exercise will help you reduce stress and sleep better. That's something to be grateful for. Thanks again to our friends at Sleep Number. Discover the Sleep Number bed with Sleep IQ technology at sleepnumber.com slash thrive. So when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? Because again, neuroscientists are telling us that the most important things are how we start the day mm -hmm. and how we end the day. Mm -hmm. Well, I sadly say I do check the phone. I first check the thing phone before you hug Justin? Sadly, well, no, actually, I don't. That and the dogs get a cuddle because yes. there's usually one of them in the bed with us. So Justin or the dogs or both mm -hmm. get the cuddle before mm -hmm. the phone. Yeah. That's fantastic. You're already ahead of the game. Well, great. <laughs> and then I check the time. I don't go right in, honestly. I'll check the time and then I'll see. Sometimes I'll see 20 texts or something or 10 emails and I'll just take a moment. But I am really putting a lot of awareness around it especially in the last year, when I do stop my morning routine, which is getting up, meditating, doing what I need to do for myself before I go into that world. Because once you dip in, you cannot pull yourself out. Yes. And even if you do, it's half-assed. You're kind of there, you're kind of not, and I'm not getting the benefits of what I could be getting that I usually do. I really make it a point. When that starts to sort of fall by the wayside, I feel it in my energy. There's a bit of anxiety. There's worry. There's unnecessary just feelings that don't need to be happening. And if you just start that day the way you should, which is for ourselves, doing something for ourselves, whether it's meditation, gratitude list, you name it, that's a great way to start your day. Then all of this stuff kind of is where it needs to be. It's not as right up there as number one on the list. It's amazing. It's just like a different beginning to the day and it affects the whole quality of the day. Mm -hmm. It's hard though. I mean, I struggle with it. I'm, I'm a work in progress. Well, myself. we all are. Yeah. I don't think unless you're a saint. Yes, no, no saints. <laughs> I think we're all works in progress, but that's why it's so great to have this conversation because we learn from each other mm -hmm. 
And instead of judging ourselves, we right. kind of take these micro steps to get a little better. Yeah, how do we do it? Help me pave the way. I think what is really important, and I brought it to you, is to charge the phone outside the bedroom. Outside the bedroom? Yes. Yeah. So that's a little micro step. Yes. And um, so and I get an iPod. You, I actually have one yeah. in a drawer. Just get a little iPod and program everything you want on it. Yeah. But it doesn't have the rest of your life on it. Right. And it doesn't have social media for those who are addicted to social media. Yeah. And it doesn't have CNN and the Huffington Post. It's your time away from the world. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a ritual for winding down? I mean, I have a whole facial sort of ritual that I do at night. I put on some sort of music or I do love to go to bed watching a documentary, mm -hmm. I have to say. And then do you fall asleep while you are watching? I sometimes do. I'm, I usually can turn it off before and that, I fall asleep, but I also have a sleep timer on the TV. Because nothing is worse than waking up to a television set. So it, it turns the itself of off. Yes. Yeah. And usually within 20 minutes, mm -hmm. if I set it for that. But now, let's say if there's a documentary mm -hmm. that is not particularly visual, mm -hmm. you can put it on your iPod. Yes. And then have it as Podcasts. a podcast. Like this. And there are a lot of podcasts like this <laughs> that you can listen to if you want something that can unwind you and basically slow down your brain. Yeah. So I love this. How could I have forgotten my iPod? <laughs> Jeez, how soon we forget. And your phone bed, which I brought you, which is over there. Oh, yes, which yes. is like a charging station that looks like a little bed because we all love rituals and it has a little blankie. So you put a your phone silk blanket, in. If I remember correctly, a little silk blankie and so you put the phone under the blanket. You say good night to the phone and then you don't look at it again until after your morning routine, mm -hmm. your meditation, your yoga postures, your mm -hmm. walk in the garden, whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I often say that doesn't have to be long. Like if people don't have a morning routine, they can start with a five-minute routine. Yeah. Why not? Five minutes is better than no yeah. minutes. It's just like instead of immediately going to what the world wants of you. Yeah, it's so true. I also get frustrated when I see kids constantly on phones. They're not getting to experience what we all experienced, which was just the human connection and learning to meet new friends and converse and have that sort of young, blooming discovery of what relationships are because they're constantly staring at a phone or comparing themselves to some other person and worrying about how many likes they have or don't have. And it's hard enough to be a kid just in life, you know, without any of that. Now we've just added 500 more layers of self-inflicted insecurities based on these phones and these websites and Snapchats and all of that stuff. And it's also like um, outsourcing our self-worth. It's mm -hmm. what you said, comparing ourselves to everyone Compare else. Yeah. And if you think of it, it takes less than a second to like someone's photo, mm -hmm. and yet somehow we think it matters. Right, exactly. It's fascinating. But then I also see the extreme value of it, you know, at the same time. I think it's just about put boundaries around it. Exactly. It's not anti-technology. No, 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 not it's at all. But not too much of anything is not a great thing. But anything in moderation, I think, is good. And for you as a creative person, you mentioned children being always on or teenagers being always on. Mm. Those kind of moments of boredom 
can also be incredibly creative. You know, those moments where yeah, I you're was not I'm, doing something. Well, you're not doing something is when you get excited. My one girlfriend, her children are not allowed to use iPads or iPhones unless it's they get two hours on the weekend and they get to do some sort of a creative drawing app or whatever it is. And when those kids have free time, they're creative. They go in their playrooms and they have a mind that's sort of filled with ideas and they create little worlds and it's wonderful. I wish more parents were able to do that because I think it would really benefit their kids. I mean, who am I mm -hmm. to, to say? But I just know being a kid without it, I'd be there with a shoebox and felt and cotton and making a three-story apartment building in New York. <laughs> you know, that was my free time. And now when you have some time to yourself when you're not on, do you find that this is the time when some of your best ideas come up? Well, sure. That is when you get to sort of sit and reflect and kind of take inventory on what it is that you want to do. I mean, that's sort of been my big question in the last year anyway, is what is it that makes me thrive? What is it that excites me? And the less static around, the less things I'm sort of comparing and despairing about, the more room I have for really hearing what it is that I want will be good for me. How will I be able to put out creatively what is good if I can't receive it? I love this comparing and despairing about. I'd never heard that before. Mm. This yeah, is I'm great. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going to use that. Yeah. Don't compare and despair. It's not mm -hmm. a good, happy ending. Yes, it's, the, it's one of my favorite quotes is by Barishnikov who said, I don't try to dance better than anyone else. I just try to dance better than myself. There you go. That's wonderful. I think there's something wonderful about not doing comparisons and no. not looking over our shoulder constantly. Absolutely. One more thing beyond the phone, of course, that is a source of incredible anxiety for people is our relationship with our inbox ah. and email. Mine, you'll never see 2,895,000 emails. If I see someone's phone and they have that many emails, I, I don't know how, this is mine, is always empty. It's always empty. Always empty. The great Aline Kashishian, who happens to be Jennifer's <laughs> manager, among other things, and an amazing human being, just showed us her um, iPhone with how many? 9,000-something. Unread I emails. <laughs> at that point. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know how I would have handled that. No. So what do you do? Do you actually answer them as they come? Look, empty. That is amazingly impressive. Yeah. So how do you do that? Well, A, I don't get that many emails. Because you have a secret email address which five people have. Exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, when I go to clear out the box in the morning, I do answer my emails and give everybody their answers that they need. And then that's it. I don't have that life, though, that has 9,000 emails every day. And when you're on the set, when you're working... Are you even stricter with your relationship with technology? How do you... No. Again, there's another example of where I used to knit between takes or I used to read books between takes and now there's a phone between yes. takes. So I must say I'm guilty of that. And does it affect the way you connect with a character? Um, Depending on what I'm doing. Like when you did Kate. No, I was not on a telephone. Yeah. The amount of time that this is used as an actual telephone is never. Yeah, less <laughs> I mean, less, because people don't like we, to be on the phone. You they text prefer people. You, you know, there's another thing I miss is phone calls, chatting on the phone, which I still love to do. And do you have a landline? Mm -hmm. You do. I do. 
I am one of the last yes. few, I guess, <laughs> that has a landline. Doing something where in between you're focusing on the scene and where you have to be emotionally for the character, no, that's not a top priority at all. Right. But if we're making like office Christmas party, then maybe you will sneak in a little bit of what's going on <laughs> while they take five hours to set up. So yeah. let me end by asking you about your decision not to be on social media, because mm -hmm. that was an amazing statement mm -hmm. that um, really reverberated around the world. Mm. And um, I'm not the only one not on social media. I mean, no, but there are very few, very few yeah. people who mm -hmm. um, are actors or um, leaders of any kind who mm -hmm. don't have some kind of social media presence. Yeah. And also the way you are talking about it, you know, the, what it does mm -hmm. and the price we pay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. has really meant a lot for people. I think it has started that conversation. So since you wrote that piece on the Huffington Post about what social media can do to us, mm -hmm. has there been any more conversation around it? Have there been any changes that you've seen? Or No, there's still silly tabloid stories and, uh, and a fictional character that is you, that is created, that then people believe and buy into. And I think that's an addiction in and of itself. I'm not on social media. I don't want to spend that much time figuring out what I'm going to post or all of that sort of stuff or a Twitter. Who could have ever thought one day that we would be getting tweets from a president? I mean, it's <laughs> in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, which is Something that nine years ago or whenever Twitter started, I just remember thinking when I saw these guys doing it, I couldn't even figure it out. I mean, what was a character? So for me, it's self-preservation not to be on social media. There's enough written about me out there and enough that's not true. It's sort of the mystery of who you are as an actor has already been sort of taken from you because they, like I said, create these fictional views out there. That is the person that's married, divorced, breaking up, having babies, not having babies, you know, trauma, drama, feuds. I mean, there's one school of thought, which is, well, why don't you be on social media and show who you really are? And I'd say, I don't need to. This is the one place I actually have that is sort of protected and mine and this little sanctuary of what my life is without a camera rolling or paparazzi or media exposure. So keep it for myself. Well, thank you for showing the way because well, you're keeping that little sacred place for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I think has helped a lot of people ask the question, how much do we need to be on social media and how much do we need to be defined by it? That's even defined worse. By, yeah. And how much time do we need to spend staging the perfect salad right. before we Instagram it? Exactly. <laughs> or the right bikini pic. Yes. <laughs> That's just embarrassing. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, I'm not paving anyway. I'm asking the questions myself. This is all, I think, a really interesting time to be asking questions and sort of trying to figure out where do we go before we get too far down the, the wormhole that we just can't get ourselves out of it. Exactly. I feel it's a real inflection point. Yeah. And we still have a chance to get it right, yeah. simply by setting boundaries. Yeah. That's all we're talking about. It's only been 10 years or less, right, that it has been that addictive. You know, we can break habits. What is it, three weeks to really break a habit? Yes, about 28 days mm -hmm. to really break a habit. And it takes micro steps, micro nothing steps. revolutionary and transformational overnight. Yeah. 
Um, but that's how we create habits and that's how we can break them. And that's very well, empowering to know. It is. And wouldn't that be also fun to do like a technical blackout for the day? Like just have a day where there's absolutely no social media. Just go back 15 years. Where people can actually talk to and each other. And just see what happens. I bet we will all still be alive the next day. And not only that, but I think we will have uh, connected with a part of ourselves that now it's harder and harder to connect with. Mm-hmm. You know, Thich Nhat Hanh um, mm. said that it has never been easier to run away from ourselves. Isn't that a heartbreaking thing? So and let's not is, do that. So let's not do let's that. Let's run towards ourselves. Thank you for running towards yourself Thank and you. helping us run towards ourselves. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. We hope you heard something that inspired you or empowered you. Be sure to subscribe to the Thrive Global podcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts and stay tuned to thriveglobal.com and iHeartRadio. We want to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at thriveglobal.com or reach out on social media using the hashtag Thrive Podcast and tell us who you'd like to hear from and what are your favorite life hacks. Until next time, be well and thrive. The Thrive Global Podcast is brought to you by Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number bed, you can adjust the bed on each side so both you and your partner can experience your best sleep. And with Sleep IQ technology, you'll know how you slept. Does your bed do that? Check out the beds at sleepnumber.com slash thrive. And of course, don't forget to turn off your devices before you tuck in. At CarMax, we're pretty flexible with how you can buy a car. If you'd rather scroll through 50,000 cars instead of walking the lot, go for it. If you want to see how a car smells on the lot before you buy it, by all means. Hey, we all have our things. Want the whole thing to come to you without ever leaving home? Buy online. Compare how the speakers sound when playing your favorite mix? Yep, visit our lot. And if you want to browse a little on the lot and in select markets have it delivered at home, we're certainly not stopping you. CarMax, the way it should be. News, laws, and regulations are changing by the day. We get it. And at ADP, we're here to help guide you with up-to-the-minute compliance expertise so you can pay your people accurately and on time, regardless of what each new day may bring. Learn more at ADP.com.